This morning, uh, in our uh, sermon time, you'll hear in the sermon that uh, I'll be giving here in a few minutes, we are going to hear about a very famous story. It happens very early in Jesus' ministry. In fact, Jesus gets baptized in the Jordan River by John, and literally minutes later, he's on his way to spend 40 days out in the desert. And 40 days is a long time. In fact, we, we have Lent be 40 days long, and it's these 40 stories that show up in the Bible from time to time, and in particular, this 40 days of Jesus out in the desert fasting and praying uh, that, that the Lenten 40 days comes from. And so Jesus is out in the desert, and he runs into uh, Satan. And Satan is, as we're going to hear in, the, in, our, in our gospel story today, is going to tempt Jesus with three very big, very sinister temptations. And Jesus is undoubtedly going to truly be tempted. And yet he prevails in this battle over Satan. Uh, but, uh, as we know, Satan will not go away quietly does not go away quietly. He makes a return to the stage in about six weeks. But anyway, uh, I'll talk more about this showdown between Jesus and Satan, talk about what it means for us as God's people, and what it also says about Jesus. Because it has some wonderful, wonderful ramifications for how we understand this Savior of ours. So, Whet your appetite with that. That'll be coming up soon. Uh, we are going to continue now with our Kyrie and praise. Our gospel story, our gospel lesson today is recorded for us in Matthew's gospel. This takes place right after Jesus was baptized. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. Tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God... Throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. He said to him, I will, All these I will give you, if... You will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Here ends our gospel lesson. I'll invite you to be seated.
Well, dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to all of you today from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus, the risen Christ. Amen. Today is our first Sunday in Lent. Not of Lent. In Lent. Sundays don't count. I don't know if you ever were aware of that. We talk about the 40 days of Lent. Sundays don't count. Because the earliest church people figured out that we can't unknow what we already know. We already know that Jesus in the end wins. And we can't unknow that. And so even during Lent, they said on Sundays, we just can't unknow what we know. We still have to smile. We still have to celebrate that our Lord is victorious. And so we are in the first Sunday in Lent, but not the first Sunday of Lent. By the way, this is why, I was, remember I grew up as a Catholic kid, so I had to give something up every year for Lent. This is why on Sunday I could eat all the chocolate I wanted. <laughs> Didn't count. It was not of Lent, it was in Lent. Alright, so we are on the first Sunday in Lent. And begins today, go ahead and advance it if you would. The good old-fashioned showdown. Jesus versus the devil. Again, Jesus is out in the desert, and the devil finds him there. And I was thinking about that. The devil always seems to find us, doesn't he? Always seems to find us. I, I've noticed that no matter where I am, no matter where I go, there's always potential trouble lurking there. It was no different for Jesus. Even out in the middle of nowhere. They call it the wilderness. Now don't think like northern Minnesota wilderness. Wilderness for the people in the Bible meant desert. Even out in the middle of the desert, evil was there. It was there. So just like in an old western, right? One, one of the, the, the gunfighters gun generally fires first. And in our case, it was the devil that fired first. The devil... Uh, pointed to some stones on the ground. And he said to Jesus, Jesus, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And Jesus, as we heard, refused to do it. And I want to, we'll talk about why he refused here in just a minute. Okay, so then the, the devil, not to, not to give up, the devil then took Jesus into the city of Jerusalem, onto the, the pinnacle of the glorious temple. And he said to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, just, just throw yourself off of here. And it's written that God will send some angels to protect you. And again, Jesus refused to do it. And we'll talk here in just a moment about why he refused to do it. So then devil still not to be uh, eas that easily defeated. devil took Jesus where he could see all the kingdoms of the world. Every country, every continent, every city. devil showed all of this to Jesus and the devil said, look, Jesus, I'll give you all the glory, all the authority of all of these kingdoms. You will be the ruler of all of them. You'll be the king of all of them. All you got to do, the devil said, is just fall down and worship me. 
And once more, Jesus refuses. And then we're told that the devil departs. And so it's kind of an unusual story, obviously. And it, and it kind of begs the question, what, what are we supposed to get from this story? What, what does this showdown between Jesus and Satan mean? How, how are we supposed to interpret what just occurred in this very unusual encounter? And, and I was thinking about this, there's probably a hundred different ways as a preacher that I could go uh, in trying to explain this today. A lot could be said, but I don't have all day, <laughs> neither do you. So what I'm going to do is just instead focus on two main themes here. Because again, I think that this lesson, number one, has something very important to teach us about ourselves as human beings. I think this lesson has something very important to teach us about ourselves. The other thing that this lesson, I think, has to teach us is something very important about Jesus. Okay, so I, two things we're going to talk about. What does this lesson teach us about ourselves? And what does this lesson teach us about Jesus? So let's, let's talk about that first one. What, what does this lesson say about us? Well, one of the things that, if you look at these temptations really closely, one of the things you'll notice is that each temptation had the potential for some incredibly good outcomes, at least in the short term. And let me explain what I mean by that. The first temptation, remember the devil said, turn these stones into bread. Well, it was true back in those days, it's still true in our day, that hunger causes thousands of people to die every single day. It's still true today. It was a problem then, it's a problem in 2020. And what if Jesus had just done it? What if Jesus had, had just taken some of the stones and, and, and turned them all into bread? There would have been enough food for everybody. And wouldn't having enough food for everybody be a good thing? Yeah. The second temptation. Remember, they went up to the, the pinnacle of the temple and, and, and Satan said, Jesus, throw yourself down and the angels will catch you. Now think about this. If Jesus had done that and some angels came swooping in and caught him, the temple is the busiest part of the city of Jerusalem. All kinds of people would have seen it. And a miracle like that, if you saw a miracle like that, wouldn't that convince you there must be a God? And wouldn't that be a good thing? Then that third temptation where, where Satan said, Jesus, if you'll just bow down and worship me, I'll, I'll let you be the king of, of, of the world. Well, isn't that what we want? Don't we want Jesus to be the king of the entire world? Have everybody honoring him as the ruler of all? You, I hope you can see that these three temptations are really difficult to resist, not because they're obviously evil, 
In fact, the exact opposite is true. Each temptation could produce a tremendous amount of good. Tremendous amount of good. And that's what makes temptation so sinister. Think about your own life. I know it's been true in my life. The hardest temptations to avoid in my life have been ones that on the surface look like they're going to produce a whole big bunch of wonderful benefits. Those are the hardest temptations to resist. Remember when you were in junior high and somebody would come and point at your chest and you'd look down and they'd flick your nose? Right? Those, those, are, those are easy to avoid. Those temptations. But those deeper temptations where it looks like a whole bunch of good will result if I just do this, they're the hardest ones to resist. Jesus isn't buying any of it. He sees the danger. He refuses to turn the stones into bread because when all is said and done, He, he realizes there's something even more important than our physical needs. And He says that is our need for God. The words He said was, we cannot live on bread alone. Uh, if you have a life with plenty of food, if you have a life with plenty of bread, but you don't have God in your life, then you have no life at all. And Jesus says we can't have that. And that's why He says no to that temptation. Even though had He turned stones into bread, that would have potentially been a good thing. But He realizes there's, a, there's an even deeper, deeper thing in play here. Same goes for that, that rescue miracle. Where he said, you know, throw yourself off of here. We seem to think in our day that if Jesus would just show us some kind of miracle, then everybody would all, we'd all just suddenly totally believe in him. And after that, we would never have any doubts anymore. Right? If, if Jesus would just, you know, God would just write something in the sky for us or something, boy, that would, wouldn't that solve it all? But there's a problem with that. And the problem is, is that we see miracles every day. Every day. We see miracles every day. The sun comes up every day. Babies are born every day. The ability each one of us has to use our brains to think, to use our legs to run, to do work. We see miracles every day and we don't recognize them. Jesus knew that that's how human beings are. That we see miracles every day, we don't recognize them. So he realized that what the devil was proposing to have him jump off and have the angels catch him, Jesus realized that if I do that, that isn't ultimately going to create any more faith in people's hearts, really. And so Jesus says, nope, I'm not doing it. And then, and then that last temptation, to become ruler of the world, Jesus recognizes and knows that the soul is the most important and valuable possession that we have in this world. And if you take your soul and you sell your soul for power, for money, for prestige, for whatever, you take your soul and sell it, you have gotten ripped off. Jesus is not going to do it. He will not sell His soul for power or for earthly prestige. And so He says, no. 
And so when, when I said that this lesson says something very important about us, what I meant is that this lesson shows us how easily deceived we are. Because I think if we're honest, we probably would have fallen for all three of those scams. I think we would have thought, yeah, I'll turn these stones into bread. That'd be a good thing. Yeah, I'll jump off, let the angels catch me. That'd be a good thing. Yeah, I'll just, you know, what would it hurt just to bow down and worship the devil once? You know, I'd get to rule the rest of the world. That'd be a good thing. We would, we would think that every one of those things was a good thing and totally miss the bigger picture. If we'd been in Jesus' place, we'd have just ended up making everything a whole lot worse. That's why the Bible calls us sinners. That's what I think this lesson is trying to point out about us. We are not smart enough to say no to those kind of deep temptations. Again, it's bad enough that we so easily give in to the obviously bad temptations. But what's even worse is how we just don't recognize those temptations that seem good but really are not good. We fall for those too. So as I mentioned earlier, this lesson tells us that. That's what it has to say about us. Not a single one of us is smart enough to have seen through all three of those sinister temptations. Not a single one of us. That's what this lesson is saying about us. Now, I mentioned that this lesson also has something very important to tell us about Jesus. Jesus, remember, doesn't fall for these scams. Jesus sees the bigger picture. He realizes that God's purposes won't be served by giving in to the devil. And, and what I find really interesting is every time that Jesus said no to the devil, he quoted the Bible. Jesus knows his scripture. Because he knows his scripture, he knows the will of his Father. There, there, there's something really wonderful about that. There's something so wonderful happening every time Jesus says no, and it's easy to miss it. It's really easy to miss it. Because again, the devil is trying to get Jesus to do the wrong thing. Jesus, each time, successfully does not do the wrong thing. Again, that's not how it is for you and I, right? You and I, we're We're weak. We, we get into the situation of temptation and we tend to crumble like cookies. But here's the deal. We're not alone in that. Every human being, if you go back, all the way back, literally back to Adam and Eve, every single human being that's ever lived has been that way. Not able to totally resist temptation and evil. Every single human being, except one. In our lesson today, we are introduced to this one who wonderfully, for the first time in history, can resist evil 100% of the time. It's never happened before. Never happened since. Finally, there is someone who can look the devil in the eye and put him in his place. Finally. Finally, there's someone who can look at Satan and say, Satan, you can't touch me. You can't touch me. I'm stronger than you. First time in, in, in history. First time that evil has finally met its match. First time. Six weeks from now, Jesus is going to face what I call the ultimate temptation. He's going to be praying in a garden. A band of thugs are going to show up. They're going to arrest him. And the reason they're arresting him is they want to execute him. And Jesus is 
going to face the temptation to save his own skin, to do whatever it takes to not be killed. But as we shall see, even in the face of that temptation, Jesus is going to stand strong. He's going to be whipped. He's going to be mocked. He's going to be spat upon. He's going to be tortured. He's going to be nailed to a cross. And the entire time, He will not give in to that temptation to save His own skin. He's going to resist the devil literally to the bitter end. And on the third day, God is going to raise Him up to new life. And again, the reason that Jesus is willing to do that, the reason He's willing to take all that on, is because He loves you and me so much that He wants to make up for our inability to resist. Because again, try as we might, you and I, utterly incapable of resisting evil. So Jesus does the resisting for us. He does it for you. He does it for me. And He does it simply because He loves us. That's why He resists all the way to death. Because He loves us. He dies paradoxically so that we can live. So again, looking at that picture behind me, Jesus is one tough hombre. He and the devil have this showdown in our lesson today. It starts today, but it doesn't end today. It's going to end at Easter. And when on Easter the showdown is over, only one is going to be left standing. Guess who that is? 